What's up, dirtbags? Welcome to episode 191. Holy moly, we're closing in on 200. We're getting there. Episode 191 of the Midwest Angler Podcast. I'm Scott Sturman, and as always, I'm joined by my fellow dirtbag, Matt Deitch. What's going on, that dude? That would be me. Uh, not a whole lot, man. Um, temps are dropping, man. Holy moly. Uh, this morning on my way to work, yeah, you know... This morning on my way to work, 13 degrees. 13. 13 degrees. Ooh. I go look at International Falls, you know, the ice box of America. They're probably like at 30. It was. Yeah. They're warmer. Yep. I think I feel like we've been colder than them the last few years. I don't know what's going on. We need I don't to know like, what's going on. take that title away from them. There was, I felt, I you felt, saw skim ice this morning. I did <laughs> on the pond right by the hospital here. I was driving away, and I had to do a double take. I'm like, holy buckets, boys. Get them augers fired up. Yep, no doubt about it. And you I, know I kind of felt bad last week. You know, on Fridays, myself and the high school PE teacher, Toby Lorenzen, we take our classes down to the track around the football field, and we call it Fitness Friday, and the kids have to run around the track, walk the track, you know, while we walk and solve the world's problems and talk about football and all that. We did it last week, and it was kind of chilly. And in between my second and third hour class, I mean, it was the sun was out, there was no wind, so it was kind of like, all right, this is all right. I brought my fourth graders out there, and in the matter of like 10 minutes, the temp dropped like 15 degrees. <laughs> it got yeah. cloudy and windy. It was just like, I kind of felt kind of bad for them. I was like, I'm, my apologies, guys. Duffing up fourth grade. It was. It's like, I don't care if your tears are dr- are freezing to your face. You're going to learn today. <laughs> You're going to learn today. <laughs> so, nope. It, that, uh, it, it has been. But this weekend looks like it's supposed to be another nice warm weekend. So. Yep. Yep. No, but uh, ice fishing is right around the corner. And with that, uh, right around the corner is the Dakota Angler Ice Institute. And that uh, that's coming to you. Uh, it's coming to us um, at the beginning of uh, November. Uh, um, November 11 through the 13th. That's a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. What are the hours on those? I believe it starts it three at to like nine? 3 o'clock on that Friday. Friday to like 9. And after that, uh, just plan on coming and getting breakfast, coming to the show after that, staying yep. until they boot you on out, because there's going to be a whole hell of a lot of stuff to see, and uh, if you're done looking at everything, just swing by the booth, because the Midwest the... Angler Podcast is having a booth, baby. We are having a booth. I'm excited. I'm pumped about it. Oh, me too. Me too. I don't know. I I, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'll be honest. I... I you know, well, Matt, you know, leading up to this, it was kind of like, ah, oh, man, do we do this? Don't we do this? But uh, ever since we've kind of started telling people that, hey, we're going to do it, uh, I think the, I, I, I think, you know, everyone's talking about, uh, you know, man, that's freaking awesome. You know, yeah. we're going to swing by and we're going to hang out. I do know that it's South Dakota deer opener, and uh, so so guys like Biggie and whatnot aren't going to be there, but. Uh, um, either way, uh, God dang it, this Ice Institute, uh, um, you know, e- even besides us having a booth, like there is a the pissload of people oh, going to be the there. the seminars that they got lined up, the companies that are going to be yep. there. I mean, you're not going to want to miss it. No, 13 Fishing, Rapala, Rapala, whatever you want to call it, doesn't matter, Garmin, <laughs> Clam, uh, Eskimo, Striker, Otter, Northland, uh, Pure Fishing, Vexlar, 
Aquaview, I mean, did just all, all the big brands. And then there's custom ice rod, uh, custom ice rod right. companies. There's, you know, there, there's going to be permanent ice shacks. And just, I, I don't know, if, if you're even a smidge interested in, in ice fishing, this is where you got to be. The, yeah, even if you just want to find out more about it, come check it out. And the deals that are going to be coming, I mean, Todd's going to be there. Josh is going to be there. Nick's going to be there. They, and they, us. I know. Dirt Bank Central. I, I mean, they usually have the whole family working that way. Oh, weekend, yeah. So. I think their cousin's cousins are there. <laughs> so. you know, then, and you have to when, when you put on what they put on. Oh, that's uh, a heck of a show. Yep. But, and, and I'm not going to lie to you. They they do truly have the best deals that you're going to find anywhere. Um, the, the Plain and simple, just is what it is. Yep. Don't hee ho hum about it. I mean, if you if there's something you want, come ready to buy it because uh, if anything, the last few years have shown us anything. Like you buy it when you have the opportunity. Otherwise, it's going to be hard to get sometimes. So. Yep. And uh, if you've got extra money in your pocket, buy us one too. Yeah. We'll, exactly right. We'll say your name on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we so, even give away free autographs. Yeah, that's right. So far, I know uh, Craig Euler's planning on doing a seminar there. Uh, Jason Durham, uh, Dave Gens, Scott Merwin, uh, Matt Johnson. So uh, they're getting some really good names. I know Brian Brosdahl is going to be there. Yep. Um, I think know. that Merwin has even said that he's going to have a four-minute segment of bashing the Midwest Angler podcast. I hope he does. Or just talking about dirt bags. So. I'm gonna have a six minute segment because we're, we're gonna we're, sit in the back and heckle him. Yeah. Like our booth will be closed during the Merwin seminar because we're gonna sit in the back and be just just throw all kinds of shade at him. <laughs> I, I'm I'm thinking right now. I'm thinking on how we're gonna do this, but uh, uh, at our booth, there's gonna be a deal. Um, we're probably going to be giving something away, like who can make fun of Merwin the most. Uh, Maybe we got to get, get a big, some, like, get fat some... head cut out of him with like the mouth, like, cut out of it, and then we can throw the sinkers into that. That's not a bad idea, right there. <laughs> not a bad idea. <laughs> Pin the tail on the Merwin. I don't know. <laughs> we can come up with something. We've got some time yet. We've Maybe we can some... just get a live cut out, live size cut out of him. And you can get your picture taken next to him of him holding a couple bass. That, <laughs> that's what that's, that's what's happening. It's probably gonna happen. <laughs> probably gonna happen. No, but uh, on, honest to goodness, uh, Dakota Angler Ice Institute. Be there or be square. But if you are square because you can't be there, go on www.dakotaangler.com and use the code Dirtbag. You'll be glad you did. You'll be glad you did, and that's all we really got to say about that. That's right. Save yourself a little extra 10%. Yep. Now, Matt, I've got a question for you. Oh, you got a question for me. Hopefully, I have an answer. Now, uh, um, I know you like to go out to eat sometimes, uh, have a good uh, um, have a good meal, and uh, there's a side dish. Side dish. Um, We're not going to get an argument of if it's a side dish or if nope, it's a main dish. Nope, all right. Nope. You, I, I, I think that we can both agree that this is uh, normally a side dish. Sometimes you get it with burgers, uh, you can get it with uh, chicken strips, uh, get it with steak, probably, whatever. And uh, little fried balls of cheese. What do you call them? Cheese balls? Cheese balls. Okay, yeah. fair enough. Now, you've also heard them be called cheese curds. curds. Yeah. What's the difference? A curd is like, I want to say that that's like kind of like, I'm sure there's something in Wisconsin, the way that they pasteurize the cheese or something like that, or whenever they're doing all their process of it, it's kind of like, it's not as uniform as 
a cheese ball is. It seems like a cheese ball is just a little like chunk of cheese that they roll up in it, kind of similar to a cheese curd, but I don't know. I think it's I grew up calling them cheese balls. Okay. I think it's a regional deal. In Wisconsin, they're cheese curds. Yeah. Minnesota, they're cheese balls. Yeah. I'm either way. I'm not mad at them. <laughs> right, right. I had hey. some. I had some the other uh, Saturday night. Really? We went to Papa Woody's up in uh, Sioux Falls. And okay. They had like this garlic, like world fame, or like their famous garlic cheese curds or something like that. They're pretty good. Okay. Pretty well, solid. I, I mean, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. I don't know a right answer. But we were talking about it at work today, kind of, you know, man, what's the difference between cheese balls and cheese curds? And I think I've got the answer. What is it? I think cheese curds squeak on oh, your yeah, teeth. Oh, yeah, they got to be squeaky. Yeah, they got to squeak. Curds, yep. If, no, if, yep, I know what you're saying. I think if you bite into it and it doesn't squeak on your teeth, that, then it's cheese ball. There you go. If it squeaks on your teeth, then it's cheese curd. There you go. I think it's just that simple. I think so, too. Okay, well, hey. I think I've been <clears> overthinking it all this time. I believe you're probably right i believe you're probably right all right uh well since we got that figured out uh, we're gonna move right along again um got a pretty cool uh, episode for you today a guy that uh, matt and i have known uh for i don't know three four years yep three four years uh kind of met him through hooked on hard water and whatnot and uh he uh he's from out west from the black hills and uh, I think I'm going to start a new tradition here, Matt. Uh, uh, you, you don't even know anything about this. But any time that we have a person on from West River, west of the river, so uh, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Nebraska, west right. of the river. Hold on. Hold on. Uh-oh. He's getting up and moving. Oh, my gosh. He's going to a box. Oh, man. What is this here? Oh, Cowboy Sturman. Yeehaw, giddy up, old son. Yep. I don't know if your headphones are going to fit over that. I'm going to have to go to the back. Yeah. Got the cowboy hat on. You do got the cowboy yep. hat on. So they're going to know if we post a picture and uh, got a cowboy hat on, we got a West River guest. We got West River guest. West River guest. West River guests are the best. We're not talking. We're not counting every point. We're just calling them four by fours four or five by, by fives. That's right. That's right. Uh, we don't. We don't care about no civilization. We're living out here. Uh, um, Covered wagons and <laughs> yeah, the, the people that were on uh, on what was Oregon Trail. Yep. Yeah. That's that's the people we're there. Forge the river. Yeah. That, that's the people who uh, tried forging the river. Probably got dysentery dysentery and ended up there in the black hills so uh <laughs> um, nope but uh we're gonna start that uh cowboy hats for west river guest and uh today we've got a west river guest so with that being said uh cowboy hats on and we're gonna head on over to scott olson scott uh with two of us being on i believe that that's probably three too many scots on this uh <laughs> podcast so uh but welcome to the show well, thank you, guys. Thank you for having me on tonight. I'm really starting to think that Scott might be the most popular name in the oh, fishing industry. Oh, it is. It is. <laughs> I think that we need to do a poll on that. Yep. Yeah. I think that'd be a good poll. Yeah. I mean, like like you said, like you said before, it's kind of it's, it's a fishing name. It's a fish catching name. <laughs> it is. It is, uh, and that's scientific fact. I've I've uh, e- even even the other Scott, uh, tall Scott, he's done the research. He's showed me the data, and uh, Scott's a fishy fish catching name. Scott Merwin, Scott Brower, Scott Mockentune, uh, all kinds of Scott. There is. There, 
That's no. right. I mean, if, if anybody's going to know the facts behind, behind the science, it would be Mac and Toon, that's for sure. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. He's, he's looked it up. He stayed awake at night <laughs> looking it up. So, <laughs> I, I also think John Cox is a pretty fishy name. There's two oh. professional bass fishermen <laughs> named John Cox, but uh, if he was Scott Cox, he'd be winning. That's oh, yeah, right. he'd be winning win every tournament, yeah. Yep. <laughs> All right, uh, Scott, you know the drill. Uh, we got a couple of random questions uh, coming your way. So uh, I want to know if you could take any celebrity out fishing with you, who would that celebrity be? Ooh, any celebrity, huh? Well, let's see here. I would, if just to show me the ropes, I would probably say either I would love to learn how to bass fish better, like you guys do. Um, so I would say probably uh, Fighter or Van Dam. Okay. Yeah, there okay. we go. Yeah. A couple of good solid choices. Yeah, they don't suck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think they both be. Some guys, if I'm going to learn bass fishing you know, one of these days, those would be the guys I think to talk to. Yo, right? I definitely agree with you. And I don't think it would be too bad of a time in the boat with either of them either. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, no, no. Heck, heck no. <laughs> I don't know if you smoke. I, I, I'm assuming you don't smoke cigarettes, Scott. But uh, nope. if, you go out, if you go out with Fighter for a day, I think, <laughs> I think you start smoking. <laughs> you better not bring him out to the Black Hills. I don't know what the fire danger warning is, so. <laughs> <laughs> it might not be good having him blasting heaters up there. Yeah. <laughs> going to have to be on a wet year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. My, I guess my random question is, um, are you a fan of pickles? Am I a fan of pickles? Well, yeah. yes, I am. Not as much as my wife, but definitely a fan. Okay. So are you a dill pickle or sweet pickle guy? Yeah, I'm kind of a dill guy. I, okay. I never know much yeah. of sweet pickles, and I kind of I'm kind of a snob with pickles. I pretty much am only a I pretty much grew up with Vlasics, and that's kind of the only thing I really eat is Vlasic pickles. No, oh, yeah, it's it's one of those deals. It's just like you get your specific brand, and uh, that's mm-hmm. what you stick with. Claus and Claus and dill worst, pickles. You know, are my, good. my wife, she'll eat she'll eat any any dill pickle on there, no matter where it comes from. So she so she, I order if I get food, she gets the pickles. <laughs> nice. <laughs> We we can our own pickles, so oh, and she, she loves canned pickles, and they're and they're pretty darn good. So I'm kind of partial mm-hmm. with them all the time. My grandma, like she's got like yeah, super this strong. Is this is grandma's recipe. Oh, yeah, this oh, is grandma's. Yeah. This is grandma's recipe. Yeah, I don't think it's crazy if I bring a jar out to hooked on hard water this year. And my favorite Ooh, with yeah. my favorite is we put the garlic cloves in the in the jar with them okay. and eat the garlic cloves when it's all said oh done. really oh that's the best. Boy, you're Some, really getting into it sometimes we just put the whole we'll just make a whole jar of just pickled garlic cloves really that's the stuff right there okay well save the pickles <laughs> yeah, I've, eat the cloves oh, yeah I've, I've tried those things I just, I just can't do that garlic pickled boy <laughs> no nah, i ain't doing it, that it, it, clean, it cleans out the system that's for sure oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> now now you know this is coming uh scott uh uh what, what's your flavor of wings Oh, I am not a hot person at all. I'm a garlic parmesan honey barbecue guy. Okay, okay. Uh, you you a boneless or traditional? I I think the more meat the more meat the better. So I'm a boneless guy. Okay. And, and the, the bone just takes just takes away from from more meat being there. I think. Yeah, there, there's probably oh, a little yeah. truth to that. There's probably some <laughs> science behind it. <laughs> now now how, now how old are you? I am forty one. Forty one. Forty one. Uh, you're. You're not a blue cheese. You're not a blue. You're not a blue cheese guy, are you? Oh no, no, I, I am not a blue cheese guy at all. Nope, it's a, uh, it's a, it's ranch for sure. If I if I use it for those flavors, yeah, yeah forty five is the threshold. It must be. <laughs> so yes, I, I mean, I'm, just, I'm at the age of fifty, so yeah, definitely not a blue cheese guy right now. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, or we'll drive. See in that, we'll see in nine years. Or or drive a Chevy Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, funny fact is I'm actually looking at getting a new truck here, and I'm looking at Chevy Colorado. Oh, oh hell right. yeah, you are. <laughs> you want to know why? <laughs> Dependability, reliability, style, power. Sex appeal. Sex appeal. <laughs> the only thing that's bad about uh, uh, Chevy Colorado's, used ones especially, is uh, they tend to have some issues with the driver's seats. Ah. You want to know why? Why is that? Because it's resting these heavy nuts on them all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it's a couple of indentations in the driver's seat. <laughs> somebody ride, did somebody ride around with a 25-pound dumbbell in between their legs? It's all in bowling balls. <laughs> oh, God. Man, we are off the rails already. Yeah, I am. Well, ready, ready to do that then, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> all right. You guys don't have to hang them from your from, from your hitch like the Cox boys no, do down in no Nebraska. No, it's still attached. Yeah, <laughs> oh God! Whew, I'm sweating. <laughs> Freaking sweating here. Well, uh, they top my top my one list. And gotta get Colorado. Yeah, that's right. That's right. All right, Scott. Uh, why, why don't we start off and talk a little bit about uh, where exactly uh, you you're located? Well, I live in Rapid City, South Dakota, here in the here in the Black Hills. Um, been I've been here since 2008 after my wife graduated from uh, grad school over there at the, in Aberdeen. Okay. And I uh, kind of moved here and started, was, I was working at Target back in Aberdeen. I started working here when I moved here, and then uh, I was always kind of a it was kind of a little bit of fish, a fisherman on that side of the state. Although I think I missed out on some really good uh, good waters over there. And I started working at I got hired at Cabela's when they first opened over here. And uh, just really kind of, you know, t- you know, talk with a bunch of local guys who've been here for years and really got into, I worked in the fishing department in the, in the marine department as well. And just really started kind of getting to listen to their stories and where to go and, and uh, whatnot. And then, uh, yep, so it's been kind of building up ever since. Right on. Now, did you, did you grow up then in Rapid? No, I'm originally from Lemon. It's about three hours north of, north of Rapid here, right on, right on the North Dakota border. border. Oh, wow. Um, grew up, I pretty much grew up there. Uh, fishing fishing and hunting uh with my dad my grandpa my uh, my brother and sister still live up still live up there with their families right now my grandparents and parents still live up there but uh yeah i grew up i grew up fishing on shade hill with my dad um my dad's uh, my dad's a walleye guy he's a wa- if it ain't a walleye it's not a fish to him um always kind of been that way since i was a kid i think i first remember going fishing when i was five it's kind of my earliest fishing memory fishing on for, for fishing from the shore for bullheads one of our uh, smaller, smaller lakes in the area there, and um, yeah, I still then from there, kind of from there. I mean, despite the fact that we were in a boat and and really walleye fishing, unless the bites were going really good, it's kind of boring for kids. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. So um, yeah, my uh, if I really wanted to just go out and catch you know some fish, my grandpa was more than happy to take us to the to the to the smaller creeks and rivers in the area, and we would catch skipjacks and bass and crappies and pretty much anything that anything would bite you know for the most part yeah so uh kind of learn how to learn how, learn how to fish for wallies with my dad but i fish for everything else with uh, with my grandpa okay so up is there. is there a lot of is there a lot of bodies of water up in that area like when i think of uh uh north of the black hills on the south dakota north dakota border i'm kind of thinking uh, I'll be honest. I'm thinking of barren, desolate land, like you know, not dams. And, yeah, yeah, between yeah, between Belfort, between between Ormond Dam and Shade Hill, there's not a whole lot of uh, th- water there other than other than stock dams. Yeah. Um, but you know, you've got the Grand River there that flows into into Shade Hill from the north. 
um, you know, joins up with Missouri eventually over the closer to in between, you know, Pier and Mowbridge. Um, so we had that, uh, that was kind of the only other body of water we really fished, um, other than Shade Hill, but Shade Hill is a pretty, you know, expansive body of water for the area. I mean, it's, it's about the size of, of Ormond Dam here in the hills. Okay. Um, all right. Got some, you know, during, depending on the time of year, it's got some pretty good, got some pretty good walleye fishing. Um, it's got, it's got a, it's got some killer crappies in it though, much to my dad's uh, chagrin. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's kind of a, kind of a little hidden hidden gem for crop for the crappies in my opinion because i remember going i remember ice fishing there with him about four or five years ago and we were fishing about 25 feet of water and he's swearing up a storm because we we we, we had a suspended school of crappies over the top of us or right underneath us and he's he can't get through and if he couldn't get through the through that school to get down to the bottom where the walleyes were at <laughs> hell of and a problem just, yeah i know right hell of a problem and, and these were not you know, your regular crappies. I mean, I was reeling up 15, 16 inch crappies wow. regularly for an hour and a half. Wow. It was just a massive school, and he's just swearing up a storm. If he, he got through the, the crappies, he would catch the wall. There were walleyes below them because you, we could see them on our screen. Our, you know, I was using the Vexlar. He's, he's, he's a sonar user. He's a Lawrence sonar user. He doesn't like, he doesn't like flashers. Nope. But I'm just having a ball catching these huge crappies, and he's just cussing up a storm because he can't get through them half the time. <laughs> can't right. have it all <laughs> so yeah it's kind of a little hidden gem for for, for the crappie fishing nice. it's, it's most, mostly known for the walleye fishing of course but nice probably not a lot of pressure then either like a lot of people out yeah, there yeah not probably. a lot of people oh, around no, yeah, no, right. whenever whenever in this part of the state anybody thinks shade hill they're like walleyes walleyes nothing but walleyes yeah. you know it's kind of like kind of with angostura here angostura and your arm and here in the hill in the hills it's you think of those lakes all you think about is the, is the walleye fishing yeah yeah now, do you do a lot of fishing out on the prairie, or are you mostly in the hills uh, that, am, that you do I'm, your fishing? I'm mostly in the hills, guy. And I get up there and go fish with my dad or my brother during the during the summer or in the, or in the winter time. You know, a couple couple times just to just go up there and try and fish for walleyes because I'm because uh, I'm not the best walleye fisherman down here in the hills. Yep. Um, but at least I can get up there. We can usually we can usually find some and get on a few here and there. And I don't have a boat, so I have to you know. So there, I go up there on their boats. You know, I go up there in the open water season. Yep. Now, now Matt and I were actually kind of talking about this uh, uh, as we were setting up this interview. Um, you know, you do a lot of a, a lot of shore fishing. I think you do. You do a little kayak fishing also. I do have a I do have a like a like a, like a beginner's kayak. Um, but what I mostly use for when I get on, actually get on the water, I've got one of those uh, one person pontoons. Oh yeah. Okay. Yep. In, oh, yeah. Inflatable pont the inflatable pontoons. Yep. Um, so that's what I usually use when I get on the water because I can hold more stuff on it. Because I've got a, I've got a, I've got a fish cat that I bought like my second year when I worked at Cabela's. Um, it's got like dual pontoons, really, really stable. I can't stand on it, but I can, I can cast with it. But I can throw, you know, my tackle bags on it. I can throw. I have a little, little, a little thirty, little thirty pound thrust Minn Kota trolling motor that I can attach right to the back. Oh wow! Oh nice. So I, don't have, I, don't have, so I can just kind of, I can scoot around the lake pretty quick on that thing. Do people um, but, uh, give you quite the look when you're when you're running that thing? Uh, not too much. No, really? I mean, I did I did get pulled over by by the Game and Fish boat one time when I was on Sheridan down here to check my license. That was kind of awkward. Yeah. <laughs> they rolled they rolled open their boat. And I'm just like, hi. <laughs> just sitting there, yeah. I'm just wow. sitting here in this little this little thing, and they roll up with a big 18 footer. And <laughs> yep. But, uh, it, it's, for the for the lakes around here, it's, it works pretty well for the you know, the smaller lakes around here. I can kind of get to a lot of places where some of the boats can't if I go to some of the bigger lakes. Yeah, although, definitely. Although the wind can the wind can be a real turd though, and because I get I can get blown around pretty easy. Yeah. 
That's um, that's about anywhere you go. <laughs> yeah, no even with the, I have an anchor I use for it, just like so I can hold still. If I'm casting places, like I hit, I hit up stockade a lot, trying to go after the bass and the pike in that lake. So it's nice to be able to at least hold still a little bit. I'm still swinging back and forth when the wind comes up, but I'm not moving. Yep. Now, how hard was it for you? Uh, you know, uh, uh, growing up three hours north. Uh, you talked about your wife being. Uh, um, you know, going to school out east, you come back to the Black Hills. How hard was it for you to learn those lakes and and you know, kind of, uh, you know, if you're if you're used to fishing on the prairie and and all of a sudden you're fishing, you know, mountainous uh, uh, lakes and and streams and whatnot. How hard was it for you to get that all figured out? Um, well, I had some great uh, some great uh, you know men- mentor guys at, at the worked at Cabela's in the fishing department with me who would kind of give me tips. Um, like, you know, try these different lures here. If you're, you know, if you're going to go for trout, go, you know, try this. If you're going to try for, for bluegills, you know, try this. Um, if you want to go for walleyes, you fish from shore, you know, try, you know, try, you know, try this setup. Um, and so most of those guys didn't have boats either, which was kind of a, a you know, a nice advent, an advantage for me because I didn't have one either at the time. So I could kind of learn where to, where to go for shore fishing for these guys. And, um, I just kind of started going to some of the small lakes where it was a little bit kind of where they said it was a little easier to catch fish, you know, because I wanted to build my confidence up a little bit using baits that I wasn't normally, you know, using. Yeah. Um, and uh, just kind of, you know, once you, once you once you catch and go to like, you know, go to like that has a lot of fish in it where it doesn't get, take much to catch them, you get a little confidence, and you can start trying other other lakes. And you know, I moved yep. from fishing like at Sylvan and Center. I moved to you know moving. I moved to uh, Stockade and and Sil and Pactola. Um, you know, moving to different places and then kind of learning, you know, then I started kind of learning, well, where, like where the fish are just based on that experience. You know, they, they hugging these weed lines in the bays or are they kind of cruising the flats, you know, that I can see from a little higher up if I can get to you know, a lake that has a little, little elevation so I can see down. Right. Yep. So from there, I just kind of moved out, you know, just what I could, what I could, what I could do for shallow water. I, I call it shallow water fishing a lot of times. Because you're fishing from shore, so you're fishing pretty much all in shallow water all the time. Right. Yep. Now, you 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 were mostly a a rainbow trout guy. You would you would say right? I mean, yeah, I, I, obviously I the panfish I'm, and whatnot. Yeah, but, uh, I mean, the, the, a lot of the a lot of the locals here they don't really you know, they don't really give two two craps about the you know, about the trout around here. They mostly call them mountain carp. Oh hell, they're funner here. than all get. Oh, yeah, they're, they're love plastic. But catch. um. But I, but I've, I have yet to catch a, you know, a decent-sized walleye that'll outfight it. You know, that outfight that fights more than a 14 to 18-inch trout. No doubt. Oh yeah. I mean, they might be a little bit more numerous around here to catch, but uh, it's, you know, I, I, I just fell in love with the fight. Yep. Right. I think anybody, everybody says that about like a fish that is in abundance, like any mm-hmm. part of the country. And people will kind of be like, oh, yeah, yeah. that's just kind of like they're, easy, they're, catch, yeah. yeah, they're, they're annoying and stuff like that, you know, like bluegills yeah. too. Like if you live in an area where there's like a ton of bluegills and you can go out to the lake and really put a hammering on them, people kind of yeah. like, some people are like, oh, yeah. but yet still <laughs> you can't beat a good, you know, a good bite like that. No and matter they what all, it yeah, is. they all exactly. secretly like, right. It. <laughs> when they flip up their ice shacks and stuff like that, you know, they're in there trying to catch trout. They're not just like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I, I, I really had a pretty heavy, heavy focus on them for my open water and my ice uh, and the ice fishing, but been kind of trying to work on getting a little more proficient with the panfish, and I'm still working on kind of developing the open water bass fishing. Um, just kind of learn, you know, because I pretty much I'm a, I'm a, I'm a spinner, you know, spinner bait caster for the most part. Yep. It's kind of my go-to for my bass baits. 
but yeah. uh, you know, trying to learn how to, you know, t- trying to learn how to wacky rig and trying to learn all these different, you know, other techniques that I have no experience with has been kind of a fun little, you know, something new to try. Yeah. And, and out where you're at, I mean, you're not exactly in the best bass ponds. No, uh, you know, I, no, I mean, there, I mean, there, there are quality bass to be caught out there and, oh, yeah, and especially yeah. if you get out of the hills uh you know a lot of those uh stock dams and whatnot can hold some really good bass but oh, yeah. uh, if, if you lived on the other side of the state uh, i think you know going out and experimenting on on how to catch those fish would would come quite a bit easier to you yeah yeah i mean i've pretty much when i when i'm going for bass i'm usually going to like stockade lake you know by custer or i'm or I'll go down to Angostura once in a while if I hear about a decent bite going on in some of the shallow water bays because I can't really hang out in the main body because yep. I'll, get, I'll get blown everywhere on my right if I bring, if I bring my you know, pontoon with me. Yep. Now, uh, Matt, Matt and I mostly know you through ice fishing, uh, you know, mm-hmm. between hooked on hard water and, and just uh, so, social media, the ice fishing is what uh, we mainly know you for. Mm-hmm. Uh you live in a spot where it wouldn't be crazy if you're on the ice within the next few weeks. So, uh, you know, Matt, Matt and I, obviously we're realistically looking at another two months, you know, you, you could realistically be looking at another two days, two weeks, you know? (laughs) So, uh, and, and, and I'll be honest, Scott, uh, Matt and I were also talking, you seem like the type of guy who's probably, prepared you you probably are not quite as much of a procrastinator like matt and i uh if if uh somebody called and said hey i've got safe ice you want to go fishing tomorrow i would be like mm, yeah i'll be there and you know i better get start dash for the next eight hours getting stuff ready to go yep yeah. I, I mean i i would have to just sit down and and try to figure out where all my stuff even is. I've got some mm-hmm. stuff in my garage. I've got some stuff in my dad's garage. I probably got some stuff out in my brother's shed. <laughs> who the hell knows? And, yeah. uh, but you, but you seem like the guy who probably a little bit more prepared than Matt and I. So what are some of the things, uh, that, that you do to get prepared for the ice season? Well, I usually start, um, kind of, I get my downstairs where I keep all, most of my, most of my stuff. So I usually keep that pretty, and at the end of the season, I, you know, I take, I get the reels, I get the rods and reels separated because I use the cold snap wraps on most of my rods, you know, take the line off. Although I do always keep a couple of ice, of ice rods, you know, spooled up just for open water fishing because I'll, I'll do a little bit of vertical fishing with my pontoon or I've done it before out of some of, out of the bigger boats if we're kind of going for bluegills below the boat. Um, but, uh, usually about starts about, a, about in September, usually, or right after, usually right after like clam pro day, kind of really get that itch going after seeing all the new gear. Um, so I get the, so I got my downstairs, I go down there and I'll get the Vexlars all organized and I'll get, uh, kind of the tackle, you know, lined back up in its cases and kind of start separating the, you know, the jig, the jigs kind of get mixed up throughout the year. Cause I'm bringing stuff for, you know, for bluegills or trout or, you know, wallies, what have you. So I'll get everything separated again into their kind of separate, you know, tackle or little boxes that I keep in my, my clam suit. Um, and then, uh, from there, it's just a matter of kind of waiting for the, for the, you know, for the kind of, I kind of turned to a weatherman as I, they said, just kind of checking out the weather on these higher elevations around here. I mean, yeah, it's not, it's not you know, uncommon to get on within the first few days of November, most years around here. I mean, a couple, a couple of years ago I was on, on, I got on the ice with, uh, 
Craig and Chris Peters, you know, on October, I think it was October 26th. Right. And that was, yeah, that, that, was right. On, that was on a little, that was on a little pond that had def, it definitely, it might've had two inches on it. <laughs> it might've had two inches on it. And we, and uh, yeah, we were a little, we were all, we were a little crazy, but we had that, we really had that serious ice bite. And as long as they were willing to go out there, you know, I was, I was happy. I was happy to, too. we were fishing like five feet of water was about it, but we all caught our first fish of the season we were all taking very, you know, we took the we took the precautions. We were all wearing our float suits. Uh, we all had ice picks around our head, you know, around our heads. Um, I, you know, I, I brought my safety rope with me. So I mean, if 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 we're going to be, you know, if we're going to be knuckleheads and go out in less than you know two inches of ice or less, it's best to at least be smart about it. Be prepared yeah. if you're going to be dumb. <laughs> yeah, be prepared. You better hope I mean, that I've... that Chevy Colorado has heated seats. <laughs> oh, it does. <laughs> they do. They do, and they are warm, man. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, no. So yeah, I'm, def- I'm definitely, you know, my, my as much as my wife hates it when I go out on that thin ice, but at least she knows I'm, you know, being smart about it. Well, as you, smart, smart as I can be. <laughs> right. And you guys are going out there together. I mean, we all know like the buddy system is the, yeah. is the best thing on that early ice. Uh, I mean, oh, definitely. Even, yeah. Yeah, if, you, if you don't have any other kind of gear, you know, definitely, that's definitely about, you know, that's the, that's the best thing to do then is to make sure you're not going out by yourself. Yeah. Right. That's for sure. Now you got all your, uh, vexes charged up and everything already. Yep, I've got the. They're all. I usually, oh, they always recommend about once a month to charge them up, but I'm about once every other month because sometimes you forget. Um, but you know, I've I've I converted all mine to amp to lithium batteries. You know, a couple of years ago, so and those those things seem to hold a charge a lot better. So I'm not too worried about them. So yeah, they're 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 they're, they're they've been charged up, ready to go. The gear's organized. I haven't got any. The lines just kind of started coming into the stores now. So I've only got those right. two that I kept spooled out over the summer, but. Our stores here, like at Archibalds and Shields, they've started getting in their ice stuff now. So, kind of go through there, kind of go over there about every other, about once a week, twice a week, just kind of scope out some of the new stuff and see what I can't, you know, what I can't live without this year, and or you know what what lures look good that I'll that I'll buy, but I probably won't, you probably won't use. <laughs> That's how it usually goes. I'm, like, I'm, I'm definitely guilty of the lure catching me more than catches fish. <laughs> oh right, I mean they come out and it's like, oh you got to try these and you buy them and then. You buy them and you use might use them once. And you don't catch a fish within the first couple minutes, and you just go back to your you know your old trusty. Yep, you're like, oh, I've, I've that's got yeah, I've, that's been that's been some time I've been trying to work on the last few years for sure, especially on ice, just because I always go to my tried and true, you know, drop kick jigs, you know, for your panfish or this you know these Northland spoons for if I'm, I'm trying for walleye or or lake trout. But I've been forcing myself to use different lures. And sometimes it works, and you know, sometimes it doesn't. Do you ever, do you ever like stumble across somebody that has the audacity to ask you, like, why do you have so much of this lure in that color? It's just like, well, why do you think? Yeah. <laughs> why don't? It, why don't it you? Really sucks. Why don't you have <laughs> this? So. I've never actually had that problem because most stuff I have is just your standard, you know, you know, three to five millimeter size jigs for you know your panfish and trout around here. I got your typical, you know flashy spoons loud spoons for if i go after want to go after pike or lake trout or or walleyes around here i don't remember there's nothing like like a secret little lure that i really i really use because i usually keep i use the same stuff you can buy in the stores for the most part yeah Um, i uh, I like to talk about the different things at the seminars that i do and whatnot Um, so it's easier just to have what's there in the stores and be able to tell like hey this might work for you you might want to think about giving it a try yeah if somebody looks at my jig box 
black check eyes and the black swirl drops and uh well scott uh-huh. scott has a t-shirt actually that in midwest angler podcast keep your eyes on your own jig box <laughs> <laughs> don't even think about looking at my jig box <laughs> that's a that's a good that's a good a good sticker one right there yeah, yeah. along with the keep your, one. keep your eyes on, on your own, own jig, jig box, box. <laughs> that's that's gonna that's gonna be something right there i'll no, put that on my bucket i'm i'm in i'm impressed with with guys like you scott uh you know the dudes who do take their batteries and and give them a charge every month every other month i i haven't charged my battery since the day before the last time i went ice fishing right and i won't until the day before i go (laughs) ice fishing again this year i i mean just the way it is i'm i'm you know you're restringing lines I, I haven't changed I was the line. Say, when's the last time that you put new line on? <laughs> I, I don't. I don't. I've, I'm running line that's pro- I've probably been running that same line for three, four, four years on a couple of them. <laughs> as long as yeah. when you tighten down your jig, it doesn't snap. You're like, all right, it's still good. Uh, yeah. Exactly. That's that's where I'm <laughs> yeah. at. I I mean, I do occasionally uh, uh, change. You know, halfway through a season, uh, you know, whatever. I. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm God. I'm just. I'm I'm a subpar fisherman. Uh, I'm I'm not. Uh, I I don't know. I don't take. I I don't. I don't do the things that I should. Let's put it that You're, way. I'll I'll put it this way. Scott seems like if he reaches into his ice suit um, pockets at the beginning of the season, he knows what's in there. They're clean. He got them cleaned out. You might reach in there into yours, and you might find a container full of flies that used to be wax worms. Yeah, um, granola bar. I was gonna say half eaten, half granola bar. And you roll the dice. Did I eat that, or did the mice eat that? <laughs> right. So, <laughs> yep. I think we I think we've all been guilty of that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. yeah. And I, I was. I mean, I some of my some of my, well some of my reels I do keep them spooled all, all through through actually through through several years. Those are the ones that have the braided lines on them. Yeah. 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 Yep. Those are those are. I mean, I think I've got ten year old fire lines still on one of my open water reels, and it still works fine. Yeah. Hell yeah. <clears throat> nope. No. Just my just my panfish ones and trout ones. I tend to replace every year, which right now I'm. I, I'm 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 respooling between fifteen and twenty rod, or rods a year or every year right now. Fifteen and twenty, you're respooling every yeah, every year. So I got to buy at least twenty spools to fill them up. Yeah. I, I, I use a lot of fluorocarbon line in the wintertime. Yeah, uh, yeah. You catch and when you catch a lot of trout, they they like to you know get a lot of line twist in there. And yeah, I mean, exactly. So. so yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, every year, every winter, I you know, respool <laughs> up at least at least fifteen, sometimes twenty. Depending on how many, if I've got some groups trips lined up, because I usually provide my own my own gear for those trips a lot of times too. Oh right, yeah. So I got to make sure I got them for with fresh line and whatnot. So right, you want to give them the best chance of catching a fish so that their presentation is good and sitting nice exactly. and straight and not twisting around down there. Yeah, exactly. Now, now you talked about it a little bit uh, a second ago, but uh, um, you do some seminars uh, out there in the Black Hills. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell us how, how how did that all start? Well, it kind of started after my first trip uh, to the Ice Institute. Um, oh, I mean, it was it was the it was the second year. It was at the Crooks Community Center. That was my very first ice tour I went to. I went to. I think it was the third the third year of it. And because I went to that, because uh, I, I talked to, uh, to to Dan and Craig and those guys, so they did a little spiel at Cabela's one weekend during closer to ice season um, for Cold Snap. 
and they told me about the Institute and I was just kind of starting to really get into ice fishing about that time. And they said it'd be a great learning experience. So I went there in that little, that, that little room. I mean, it was, you know, it was bigger than the, you know, the original location at the back of the Dakota Angler store. Um, but, uh, I, I listened to, you know, I listened to Gantz. I listened to, you know, to, to bro and, and, you know, so a lot of those other like big names in, in, in the industry and just kind of just learned so much from those seminars for that year. And I think the next year I just thought, well, you know, this would be something that I like to, because I've always enjoyed, you know, talking about fishing to people and kind of, you know, when I, even when I was younger, kind of helping, when I was when I was at Cabela's, you know, kind of telling people, like, you should go here and try and use this. And, you know, what what kind of fishing style do you use? And, you know, so I kind of got out of that once, and, and it's, I work at the library here, and I just kind of came with the idea of one early winter. I was like, you know, we should, what would you think about me doing an ice fishing seminar here for, for people coming to the library to use? Because, you know, it's free. Um, so, and they gave it, they approved it. And my very first seminar, I had exactly twelve people show up. Oh, that's, you know, and, that, that's and really I, not that's bad. Respect, uh, yeah, honestly, it's not, ter- it's not terrible for no. the first time. But oh, right. I, then I did, and then that following spring, I thought, well, let's do an open water one. But well, my focus on open water is always shore fishing or near shore fishing with a kayak or a pontoon, since I'd already had both of those by that time. And so that one about the same. And then the next year, I did the ice one again. That one brought in twenty-five, I believe. And then the next year, I, so I did it there for four years. By the fourth year, I had over ninety people showing up. Oh wow! And That's it was kind impressive. of I mean, it, was, it was kind of a small room, and so they kind of decided I was I, that was just too big for them. So they, so I moved it to the outdoor campus here in Rapid City, the following you know year, and um, you know by that I guess uh, and that, that very first seminar I just got at the campus I just got blown out of the water with the attendance. I had my the guy who ran it. He said he clocked he clocked two hundred and twenty people. Wow, were you right. giving away free steak suppers? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was. I did have a lot of swag to give away for questions and for prizes, but no, I did not have any. I, but that wasn't a bad. It would be a bad idea for a future one. <laughs> no, I wasn't wondering if that's how you got them there. I was pissed off. Me and Matt missed it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, but that's uh, that's pretty awesome. Now, uh, is it is it still the same thing that you're talking about, or have you kind of uh, no, I, uh, yeah, changed kinda, over the years? Yeah, I, I, kinda, I, I change it up every year. I kind of talk about different um, different themes. Like one year, it's kind of about how to use your electronics. You know, well, how to, you know how do you, you know how to uh, re, how to use you know maps on you know online maps. Um, what kind of tools to use? Uh, what you know here here are these places I go to on these lakes. You know, show them kind of where I go, wherever where I see other people go, and be like, hey, these guys have had luck here. There's something to think about. Here's you know here's some lures to maybe try and use. Um, this past or last. Uh, you know, or last year, my last one, I did uh, an, an accessories uh, seminar because there's so many things out there right now besides, you know, your ta- besides your rods, reels, tackle, you know, whatnot. There's, you know, there's all these, there's, you know, your, your toothpicks and there's your auger covers and there's, you know, sunglasses and there's all these different things that help make, you know, make trips more comfortable, more efficient out there. But, you know, I've never really heard anybody talking, you know, about that specifically. So right. I did a whole seminar talking about accessories to make you know make the trips you know f- more you know fun for the kids or you know how to travel faster on the ice if you have a four wheeler or don't have a four wheeler um, and uh, yeah I mean I've, I really I really enjoy kind of help kind of the education part um, of what I of what I do with the seminars you know I really you know talking about the stuff is fun but really it's the Q and A that I really most enjoy right because those kids you know there's always I always and I, I'm always like I always want kids and 
and the, and women to come. I want because I want them to come and kind of learn if they're looking about getting into it. You know, ask the questions. And I I said I'm, I'm an open book in my seminars. I don't uh, I tell people I don't have any secret spots that I go to or secret lures. Um, I'm I'll, I will tell you I will tell you where I've had success, and you can try them out and see if you can also have success. Yep. Now, how crazy has it been for you to watch the growth of ice fishing out there in the Black Hills? I mean, from thinking back when you first started doing it to, like, the popularity of it now, how many people are actually getting on the ice and giving it a go? Oh, I'd say there's, I mean, especially in the last, you know, few years with, with the, uh, the pandemic and everything, people have just come out in droves. I mean, a shared lake, for instance, is probably the most, I would say it's probably the most popular lake here in the hills for ice fishing, and it's, it's, a, it's a town, out on the ice. I mean, it used to be you know, some spots here and there when I first started doing it, but um, over the last you know five six years, there's hubs out every place. There's groups of people scooting around on, on four wheelers or side by sides. I mean, it's a you know Sheridan's actually Sheridan turns into a mini town on the ice, on the, especially on the weekends. Um, it seems like there's a lot of people like to go up to Pactola because Laker fishing is really, you know, everybody wants to catch that big Laker. So there's always a lot of people out on that lake too. As soon as the ice gets you know safe enough. Um, right to fish out there but yeah you know, just and just you know i think just with the amount of uh of families that are starting to get out there and try because of how comfortable you can actually be out there even when the weather's you know getting pretty bad but you know there's the new you get your, get your use your use suits now and you know insulated hubs and they're big and they're bigger hubs now than they you know, were you know five ten years ago um the shelters you know the the, the flip over shelters are bigger and they're well they're well insulated and um you know that, and you can and you can you can get ice fishing at a pretty reasonable budget if you're just kind of doing it for the weekend or something fun to do. Um, I mean, granted, I'm you know that's, that's out of all the fishing that I do, ice fishing is by far my absolute favorite outdoor activity to do. So I've got I've I've invested I I, I call it investing. Yep. Uh, my wife my wife just calls it you know spending lots of money. <laughs> no, no, but, no. Uh, this is know, a sound sound investment. In a lot of in a lot of gear, a lot of quality gear. Yep. It might be my rods, reels. Uh, lures you know shelters what have you i've got you know i i prefer because i'm it keeps me comfortable it keeps me moving around the ice without having to worry about the elements really but but you know you kind of touched on it there and, and matt and i have talked about it before too uh i do think from the outside looking in if you're a person that wants to ice fish it can be a little bit intimidating when you see the price of some of these shacks and you see the oh, price of some of these electronics the price yeah, of some definitely. of these rods but but realistically, I mean, uh, you don't you don't need to spend that much. I mean, there's a lot of quality used shacks out there. There's a lot of oh, quality, yeah. you know. To start with a used FL8, you know that that you know on Facebook Swap you can pick up for 175, 200 dollars. You know, right. 225. Yeah. You know, you can find them in the 200 dollar ballpark, and that yeah. is going to get you out on the ice. You could you could go out and fish on on Pactola and and whatever with an FL8 and do well. Oh, and, easily, uh, yeah. yeah. You don't have to have you don't have to have the you know the twenty eight, the thirty or, or even like a Garmin Live Scope or anything like that. Right. No, you just yeah. have as long. As, I mean, and realistically, I mean, well, I didn't get my first you know flasher until you know I was in college. Yep. Um, and before that, it was just you know go out on these different uh, you know go out to Shade Hill or these stock dams around the lake. You drill you drill a few holes with the hand auger. Yep. You know, the, the, I, my we were using my grand we used my grandpa's old you know spoon style you know cutter for a num for a long time. Yep. It took you forever to cut a hole, but you could cut through. 
and we would just put you know minnows with a bobber, uh, minnows and a hook and a bobber down. Yep. Oh yeah. You just wait. You just wait for the schools to swim through. Yep. You know, but I, I mean, honestly, like I wouldn't expect anybody to to want to go out without electronics, especially if they yeah, understood I mean, what it, electronics. It, it changes your whole. Oh, it, it does. Your whole I, view. But I think I think sometimes, like what you're getting at there, I think it's good for people to fish without them sometimes, just to see how valuable they are and how much it changes oh, yeah. the way it's, you fish when you do get them i mean all of a sudden yeah, i mean I it, the first time i first time i borrowed one i mean it was right. just like yeah. well i can i can see the fish it's like holy buckets it's, it it does it seems like it's a whole different thing it, it just yeah. elevates it so much more when out oh, yeah, in the black I mean, hills you can do a lot of sight fishing uh, oh yeah definitely yeah, especially yeah. in the shell yeah. i mean the, sometimes yeah. that ice around here gets so clear that first ice you can see the fish swimming underneath you right god that's crazy well and that I've that been, right I've there been on, i've been on some pretty pretty clear ice around here in the last four or five years where you know, it's almost like you're walking on nothing right yep. well and that that goes to uh goes along with what you were saying too about like with more people coming out to the black hills to fish i mean just the scenery fishing oh god fishing fishing with that backdrop is just incredible mm-hmm. around here i mean you get a lot of just flatness and you know fields and stuff like that but you get out there and i mean you're just it seems like you're in a whole different world and it just makes it the experience that much cooler yeah. oh yeah i mean i mean i mean I, I go up to you know sylvan early ice and sylvan's got you know that the rock the rock wall backdrop and yeah you know deer you know going going fishing on deerfield when it's snowing out it's like you're in another world up there yep um, just the amount of trees and the mountain, the hills and whatnot, and then you got that nice, you got a gentle snowfall coming down. It's just it's otherworldly out there. It's really a kind of a cool experience for sure. And you go to Pactola or any other lakes around here, you've just got these, you know, got these beautiful you know, pines around you, and you've got all this, you know, all the all the scenery. This just makes for a fun because yeah, I I grew up in, on, on a plains lake, so I had no scenery. Yeah, so it's definitely a different experience. You know, yep. using you know fishing around here when you've got. Besides the besides the fishing, you've got this beautiful scenery that I probably well, I always probably take for granted around here because we live here. Right. But, you know, it's when people come and visit and they're like, "Wow, look at all this! Look at this! I don't have any of this back where I fish." And it kind of makes it makes me appreciate where I live a little bit more because not only do I have good fishing, but I've also got this beautiful country to look at. Yeah, no doubt about it. You are lucky because I've never had anyone come here to Iowa and say, "Golly, these cornfields are so much fun to look at." <laughs> oh, that was a cornfield because it's, by that time it's just. Just a vast of whiteness. Yep. But. <laughs> well, Scott, uh, I think we're closing in here on uh, 40 minutes, and uh, we're not going to keep you where's, all night. Where's, where's the time go? Yeah. <laughs> I do got one. I do got I have one more question for yeah, Scott. No, okay. Go yeah. Fire it off. Yeah, we always, you know, we know you through Hooked on Hard Water as well and everything, like Scott said a little bit ago. Um, and we always like to ask our guests that, you know, are part of that event, what does Hooked on Hard Water mean to you? Oh wow, yeah that that event has always been means I just I've done it for three years now and it's it's always been just so hard to put what it is into words really I mean just seeing seeing all those I think it's it's about it's it's definitely it's it's all about it's all about those boys I mean I've seen you know the kids and you know, with the, the boys with their the, the smiles just ear to ear um, you know seeing them holding these fish you know they don't care what size the fish is they're just out there having fun catching you know buttloads of these buttloads of the perch that we have up there at Deerfield. And uh, or even some, you know, or even one of them catches one of them a trout, and it's just huge smile. I mean, I still remember my first, my first uh, kid I had, his very first fish he caught with me was, it was his first fish he'd ever caught through. The, and period, I think it was his first fish. 
and it would, he caught an 18-inch trout within five minutes of dropping the line where I had us at. And you want to talk about watching, you know, a kid who never really fought a fish before, watching him fight an 18-inch trout with a, an ultralight line and a rod like that? Oh, yeah. I mean, it was yeah. just, he was just, he couldn't contain his, the, the smile and the laughter and just the yelling and, you know, just really, you know, yeah, it's just... It's 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 it's, it's, it's so hard to put hook on the hard wire to words into words really what it means, other than just saying it's just it's all about those boys, and just you know seeing the fun they're having, and it really makes you know really makes me appreciate more, the you know giving maybe make sure they're getting a, having a good time, but kind of learning this is what you know this is what it's all about. It's not about all the the gear, and you know about the you know. I guess about, you know, how, you know, well known you might be in the area or what, um, or even, you know, it's just, it's about, about those boys and just having, watched them having a great time, you know, learning how to fish, learning, having fun in the outdoors. Um, yeah, I mean, as I said, it's really hard to put into words really other than just a lot of, a lot of emotion for sure. Um, but I've always just been such, I've been, I've been so honored to be a part of it the last few years. And, uh, I just really hope um, to continue it into the future, just to, just to, just to, you know, I learn more from the more from the kids than they'll ever learn from me. Definitely. No doubt about that, <clears throat> no doubt. So, all right, Scott. Uh, well, we appreciate uh, we appreciate you joining the show. Uh, we appreciate you always being a listener, interacting with the page, and everything else. And a, uh, a loyal dirtbag. Yeah. We haven't <laughs> called him a dirtbag. Absolutely. Yet. Like, I, 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 mean... I, look, I look forward to that. To that, but I look forward to that little icon on my on my phone that says the you know, down next episode has been is, is ready. Well, <laughs> get ready tomorrow <laughs> morning, five a.m. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> So, uh, my phone says download automatically, so I don't have to worry about it. It's up and ready to go. I can listen to it right away when I'm in the way, way, way in the morning. Nice, mm. nice. Well, uh, no, uh, we appreciate you being on, and uh, we'll see you here in a couple weeks at the Ice Institute. Absolutely, guys. You guys have you guys. I'm excited to see you guys with your own booth there. Yeah, yeah. we're yeah, looking yeah. forward it was, to it. Was it was fun watching you. It was fun watching your first institute last year, yep. uh, Scott. So yeah. it'll be fun seeing kind of how the. How the how the booth uh, shapes up for you guys? And yep. Hopefully, you guys can get a couple of good rods, you know, some some good rods lined up for that. Uh, it's been for, going. For the, it's the been auction, going. So. We're we're yep. we're getting some guys. So, mm-hmm. um, pretty pretty pumped up about that. So, excellent. Well, looking forward to seeing the guys. Seeing you guys there. You awesome, too, Scott. See you, man. Take it easy, guys. And that was Scott Olson from Rapid City, South Dakota. I I, I just feel like Scott needs to be a cowboy with Olson as his last name. <sighs> You've never that you just made that connection, didn't you? <laughs> Scott Olson. Mind blown. <laughs> <laughs> put a little yep. apostrophe. I think he needs to put a little apostrophe in that yep. name for yep. him. So no, no, uh, that was a lot of fun to have Scott on the show. You bet, you bet. Um, yeah, I guess uh, with that being said, I don't really have a whole lot. There hasn't obviously uh, this time of the year. There really hasn't been a whole lot uh, going on. I do know. I believe that charges have been filed uh, right. for those guys out there in Ohio. I think they got their boats taken Seized away. A few possessions of theirs. Yep. So uh, that's good. Uh, that needed to happen. Um, but uh, otherwise, as far as really in a um, couple guys qualifying for the elite series. Right. Um, but uh, um, otherwise, you know, the fishing, fishing world. We're in kinda, that transition right now. Yeah. The yep. diehards are out there still smashing some big fish, and everybody else is kind of hitting the fields and everything like that, and getting ready for ice season. So. Yep. Doing a little hunting and whatnot. Uh, it's yep. been fun, but uh, yeah. Um, I suppose it's pizza review time. 
Pizza Review. Pizza Review. Brought uh, to you by Scott Sturman's Stomach. That's right. <laughs> uh, this week, uh, um, I'm going to go with... I really, uh, I, really th- I really, feel, before you get going, I think that this is time for another sponsor right here. And I mean, I think Sturman's Western Wear and Tech. Sturman's Western Wear and Tech. Tech. Yep, exactly. Sponsors the, um, <laughs> the Pizza you know, Review. The, the nicest hat creases. Um, really nice belts, uh, the punchiest gear, Sturman's Western Wear and Tack uh, is going to bring us uh, this week's pizza review. There we go. Yep. And uh, this week, I'm going to go with Roma Pizzas. Roma, all right. Roma Pizzas, yep. uh, um, the original pizza, and I went with the four cheese. Uh, I do like their sl- uh, saying, uh, their slogan, reach for aroma. Reach I mean, for aroma. Uh, I like it. Um and apparently they've been going for 60 years of, uh, says right on there, thanks for 60 years of reaching for aroma. Well, I've only been reaching for aroma for uh, not not nearly 60 years, maybe 60 days. But uh, um, I'm going to give this one a 5.1. Ooh, 5.1. 5.1. Right. Uh, it's a cheap pizza. That's a cheap pizza. Yep. Uh, I got uh, four of them for eight ninety nine or something like that. All right. And uh, so it, I, I think it's truly on par with, uh, you know, maybe one step above of like the Totino's little okay. square pizzas yeah. that you can get ten for ten bucks. Um, just, just a little bit more expensive than that. Um, doesn't have a ton of, uh, doesn't have a ton of topping, you know. Granted, I got the cheese, but uh, you're seeing a lot more sauce than you are cheese. Okay. When it's all said and done, it's probably not even melting all the way across the cheese or across the the uh, sauce. I can live with that. I can live with that. I do like the sauce. Good sauce. Well, if you're gonna have a lot of sauce, it better be a dang good sauce. Yep. So. Uh, I do like the sauce. It's got just enough kick to it that, you know, you kind of feel like, man, is this about to get spicy? And it doesn't. All right. It's got I some like, back heat. I like the crust. It's got, some heat. Yep. It's, got, it's a very thin, crispy, crunchy crust. I'm for that. Uh, the price is right. But obviously, it, it, it's it's meant to be a cheap pizza. Right. You it's can't. A, it's, a, it's a get home from the bar. Yep. It's a get, it's yep. get home from an ice fishing trip, you know, to get Nothing. home from Grady's football, football game, game last throw night. It, yep, throw it in there. And threw two of them in there. Yep. So, <laughs> threw two of them night. in there. It's a cold night. Yep. yep. It, uh, okay. They're, they're thin. The they're thin. I ate, I ate a whole one, and I was like, God dang, I'm still kind of hungry and whatever. And uh, then Aubrey, um, my, my stepdaughter, uh, she was still out. Uh, she's a football manager, right? And uh, so I messaged her and I said, "Hey, what time are you going to be back?" She she was at a game, and she said, "Ah, probably like eight eight fifteen. I said, "What do you want for supper? You want me to to make you something? Uh, I got some frozen pizzas, whatever." And she's like, "Oh yeah, I'll have frozen pizzas." So I whipped another one up, and and I know she's not a huge eater, so that means I get to have <laughs> half a pizza again. So I ate uh, I ate another half, and. Uh, so that, that's said, that's where I need to be. Like that's you know, right. like a whole entire tombstone mm, tops me out. Probably even leave a piece. Roma, you know, it's it's thin enough. It's a one uh, and not, yep, yep, it's no, a one I and get what you're saying. So uh um no, but five point one, uh I like it. I, I just I understand that uh um you can't throw that pizza in uh in the mix with the DiGiorno's or the orbs or the tombstones or you know the the lots of matzas. I get that you yep. can't do that, but it's um, a good solid. 
Yep. For a two dollar pizza, hell freaking yeah. Right. Yeah, you can't go wrong with that yep. price. Yep. Two dollars. You, you really can't complain about it. If it tastes like crap, it's like, well, it's two bucks. <laughs> exactly. I mean, like, what you, did you expect? Right. So, uh, nope. I'm uh, I'm good with it. So uh, that's uh, this week's pizza review. Um, like always, if if you guys got a pizza that. Uh, um, Kyle Lynn actually sent me a pizza. They got something up there uh, in Minnesota, and I, I looked around, and they're at a bunch of Mockin' Tunes Fine Foods, which is a grocery <laughs> store chain up. Uh, it's, it's actually a real one. Yeah, right. yep. yeah, yeah. It's actually a real one uh, up in the city's area, but uh, I forget Crazy what brand thing it is. thing is about that is there's no groceries on the bottom three shelves. Right, right. And they have extra shelving up top. (laughs) They actually store their produce on top of the building. (laughs) Just reach up there and grab a tomato if you want one. But uh, um, it's a macaroni and cheese pizza. Oh, and uh, I think it's got bacon bits on it and whatnot. Emily had a mac and cheese pizza up at Papa Woody's the other night. Really? Yeah. Hmm. That was pretty good. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a big noodle guy. I'm not a big macaroni and cheese guy, but it's pizza. But it's pizza. You're not eating so, pasta. You're yeah, eating pizza. Exactly. <laughs> oh, okay. This is pretty good. You should try this with spaghetti and meatballs. <laughs> Lasagna? Lasagna pizza? Hell yeah. So, uh, nope. Right. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. But if anyone's got any other ones, uh, uh, fire them off to us and uh, um, we'll uh, we'll figure something out. So, um, I suppose I think it's time for the... Uh, freedom brew on these cold mornings there's nothing better good news story of the week and uh guess what i actually went to freedom brew on saturday what you get i got a freedom buzz iced oh and uh that was like actually with ice cubes i thought that it would be like when you blend it but apparently that's like I, yeah, I, I think blended. you could get that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and I it. didn't. I said ice. Just got it iced. Because it sounded cool. Iced. Right. Iced. Right. I mean, and because I don't know what the f- I'm yeah. doing. Like, I, you know, that's what happens when you go away from the caramel frappe. It does. Just yep. go with the damn caramel frappe, Scott. Quit trying to freaking be, be something you're not. Caramel frappe. But you wanted to expand wrong. your horizons. I did, and it was freaking delicious. See, so uh, yep, and and I'd probably get it again, even even with the ice chunks in it. Uh, yeah. It was damn good. They they put nutmeg on the top. Ooh. Oh gosh, and uh, whatever. So uh, uh, me and me and the wife and uh, Slate, we went up to Sioux Falls. We swung into Freedom Brew, uh, best coffee in the whole entire world. That's located in Larchwood, Iowa. So uh, if you're in the area, I highly suggest. Uh, you swing in there and, uh, whatever with that, uh, we'll move along to the good news stories of the week. What do you got Matt, or Do you want me to start? No, yeah, it doesn't matter to me. I can go first or you can go first. I'll, I can go first. Okay. It's pheasant opener this last week in That's Minnesota. Right it was. Got out, um, did a little hunting. Uh, unfortunately on our first walk of the day, Finley decided to kind of Going to the weeds after a skunk, and uh, luckily got her out of there before she really got sprayed. She just got a little bit of it, so got to deal with uh, cleaning off a stinky dog on Saturday afternoon, but at least it was halfway decent, nice outside to do it. Uh, but then on Sunday, right before shooting time was up, we quick I quick took her out for a, an evening walk, and uh, we were walking this little area, and we kicked up a little covey of partridge, and I was able to drop one, and she was able to retrieve her first partridge Partridge, which was kind of cool and she kind of was like what is this little thing like (laughs) (laughs) 
this isn't a pheasant. But <laughs> it's like when you get a little sirloin medallion and you think you're <laughs> right. getting a big one. <laughs> so what the hell is this? Like she heard it flopping in the corn and she went hightailing over there to pick it up when she, bite size Snickers. Yeah, when she picked it up, she's like, okay, like <laughs> she was a little baby pheasant here. Or what is this? So nice. No, that'd probably be my uh, good news story of the week. Heck yeah. Um, mine is going to be I. Uh, uh, Last weekend, uh, Saturday, I believe, um, Saturday evening, I uh, got out, did a little bit of goose hunting uh, with my brother and uh, with a, a guy who my brother and I work with. And uh, leading up to that, uh, the guy who, who we work with, he asked, hey, do you care if I bring out my son? His son is uh, five or six years old, uh, um, whatever, and uh so we brought along a blind, and we threw the five- or six-year-old in there. I'm just going to call him six for the rest of this story. Uh, threw six. the six-year-old in there. You know who I'm talking. Yep. Yep. Uh, threw him in there, and, uh, uh, you know, it's just fun listening to a six-year-old talk, you know, talk smart and, you know, tell us about why the birds are doing what they're doing and whatnot. And uh, um, we got beat by the buzzer. Uh, the flocks were coming, and... Uh, um, you you can only shoot until sundown. You know, in the morning you can shoot a half hour before sunrise, but in right. the in the afternoon you can only shoot till sundown. Uh, the first flock that came in ended up a little bit too far out in the field, but the next ones that came, uh, a pair they they did it did it the way they were supposed to. Uh, we were only able to drop one out of the pair because we're piss poor shots, and that's just <laughs> what it is. But. Uh, uh, you know, that, that happened like with two minutes left, uh, in shooting light. And after that, uh, um, there was definitely more that, uh, would have done it, but we just got beat by the buzzer. But, uh, I was just thankful that, um, uh, thankful that, uh, uh, you know, with the six year old out there that, that we didn't get skunked and he was pretty got jacked it, yeah. up, you know, his dad got a picture of him holding the goose and, and I hope that's something that his dad remembers forever, which I, I think it will be, but I hope it's something that, uh, uh, little Jeff remembers forever too, you know, that, uh, um, I don't know, just, a just a really cool, special, special moment. Uh, I'm glad I was a part of it. Yeah. It always is. That's yep. cool stuff. You know, one, one other thing and, and, you know, this, I guess, uh, uh, kind of weird to make this my good news story, but, uh, um, this last Saturday was 11 years, uh, sober for me and, uh, it was kind of a cool deal. Uh, you know, obviously earlier we talked about me getting a cowboy hat i bought that cowboy hat online when it showed up uh the shape on it just uh wasn't very good i think my head's freaking crooked i don't think that i know that and uh when i put it on it just it, it wasn't right so uh um i planned on going up to Hagel's uh western wear up in sioux falls and uh kind of figured like Hagel's the the small town uh um, you know, independently owned, you know, they're going to have a hat shaper. Well, we got up there on Saturday, called in there. They didn't have a hat shaper in. And so it's like, golly, do you go to boot barn? And like, I've, I've been to boot barn. I got nothing against boot barn, but you know, you just don't think of boot barn. Like, I want to say this the right way. Like, I just don't feel like the people that are working at boot barn are probably real cowboys. It's like a chain. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I call in there and I'm like, hey, do you guys got anyone that can shape a hat? Oh, yeah, yeah, we got guys that can shape hats. And it's like, okay, well, you know, you kind of cross your fingers and, and, and you roll the dice. And I uh, got in there and uh, they said, yeah, we're going to hook you up with Duffy over here. Well, I mean, any dude that's named Duffy, 
I feel that there's a chance this, dude, this old probably boy knows how to. Yeah, probably rode bulls at one yeah, point in had, his life. I, I think he has rode bulls a couple right. times in his life. But I feel like this old boy can probably shape a hat. And uh, so I, I shake hands with Duffy and we kind of get talking. And uh, um, he, he explains to me that he's from Lower Brule originally, down in uh, Sioux Falls, putting in time uh, at a halfway house, um, working on getting sober. And uh, it, it was just kind of one of those deals like where, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to get religious or whatever, but I feel like I feel like there was a reason was, why yep, I got yep. put in that spot that day. And, uh, you know, he, he expressed to me that growing up on, on the Lower Brule Reservation uh, where he did, uh, you know, that he had a lot of friends there and, and they weren't sober and they weren't going to be getting sober, but he knew that he had to do something different. So he was living down in Sioux Falls at a, uh, um, at a halfway house and, you know, working at Boot Barn, just, you know, trying to make it. And, you know, I mean, in, in that 15, 20 minutes where, while he's shaping a cowboy hat and, and did a damn good job, uh, you know, we're, we're just talking back and forth. And, you know, I told him, I'm like, you know, it's, it's freaking crazy, but today's 11 years sober for me and you're trying to get sober. And we, and we talked back and forth and I could see in his eyes that, you know, he's like, golly, this is kind of freaking crazy. And, right. and I'm like, golly, this is kind of freaking crazy. And, uh, I don't know, whatever. I just, I, I hope Duffy gets what he wants out of life. Uh, um, and, and I hope that sobriety and, and, uh, you know, if, if it's not 100% sobriety, I just hope that it's, uh, um, live, living on the right side of, uh, living on the right side of the law. And, and, uh, he expressed that he thought he would be going back to lower Brule at some time. And he thought that he could, uh, do, do well up there. And I hope he does, um, whatever, but, uh, um, I don't know. It, it was just cool to, uh, cool to have that interaction with him and, and Hey, I got a, I got a good cowboy hat crease out of the deal. That's so uh, exactly right. Yep. So, and that, and that is like, congratulations on that. That is a huge accomplishment. Yep. And, uh, I think Kayla said it online. She kind of made a little post and said, it's something that, you know, most people don't realize and that you don't like to make, like to make a big deal about it and stuff like that. But it is something that needs to be celebrated every, you know, every year it rolls around and everything like that. So, uh, kudos to you and congratulations, man. Yeah. Thank you. But, uh, okay. Well, uh, that, uh, that will draw a conclusion to episode 191. We appreciate every single one of you guys that, uh, that logged in and, and, uh, listened. Uh, if you haven't, uh, give us a rating, uh, hit the subscribe button, whatever. And, uh, um, yeah, we'll either see you next week on episode 192 or we'll, we'll catch you around. Hopefully we see you guys at the ice Institute, but, uh, until then later.